This is the podcast helping to create, provide, and expand winners in life. Positively life-changing experiences through music for all. Go for it! This is the podcast that encourages everyone to break ranks! Welcome to Break Ranks, the official podcast of the Bands of America Marching Band Championships. I'm Dan Potter, one of the stadium announcers and a media personality for Bands of America and Music for All. This week, demystifying judging with Bands of America's chief judges, Nola Jones. When they say positively life-changing, that's not blowing smoke. It's real. John Phillips. It's easy to be a fan when we're judging Bands of America events. And Chief Judge Team Leader Richard Saucedo. There's never a bad time to bring your band to a Bands of America event. Let's go for it. Break ranks. Before we get to our chat with the judges this week, we have four regionals to recap from week two of the BOA Fall Championships, beginning at Fortress Obets in Obets, Ohio. And fans presenting your 2023 Fans of America Central Ohio Regional Champions in first place with a score of 80.15, 80.15, the Lakota West High School Marching Band from Westchester, Ohio. Brad Bell on the mic as Ohio's Lakota West sweeps all captions to win gold in Obets. Indiana's Goshen High School was second in finals. Madison Central of Kentucky was third. In prelims, the Class A champ, Archbishop Carroll of Ohio. Class 2A, Ohio's Worthington Kilbourne High School. Goshen was tops in 3A, and in 4A, the class champion medallions went to Lakota West. Meanwhile, at Finley Stadium in beautiful Chattanooga, Tennessee, Bands of America Hall of Famer Chuck Henson with the final call. The 2023 Bands of America Chattanooga Regional Champion, the North High School Marching Band from Evansville, Indiana. Evansville North of Indiana has a regional champion trophy now in their band hall with the win in Tennessee. North took caption honors for visual performance and general effect. Franklin High School tied with Sparkman High of Alabama in music, and that was enough for Franklin to finish second at Chattanooga, with Cass High School of Georgia third. The class champions in Tennessee were 1A Signal Mountain High School of Tennessee, 2A Cass High School, 3A Franklin, and 4A Mill Creek High School of Georgia. All right, let's head out west. With a score of 85.15 from Leander, Texas, the Rouse High School Marching Band. John Pollard belting out the top result at the All-Texas Austin Regional as Rouse High School rode strong performances in visual and general effect to the title. They were followed by their rivals in the same school district, the Leander Texas Schools, Vandergriff. They were second. Vista Ridge, also a Leander school, was third in finals. Gatesville High School, the Class A winner in Austin. The 2A medallions went to Burnett High. Rouse took 3A and Vandergriff 4A. And finally, to the high desert of Las Cruces, New Mexico. And in first place, with a score of 77.050, the 2023 Bands of America New Mexico Regional Champion, the Richland High School Marching Band from Richland Hills, Texas. And that's Alex Quintero making performers and fans at Richland High School of Texas very happy Saturday night with their very first regional title. In fact, Richland, Evansville North, and Rouse were all first-time regional champs this past weekend. 
Richland took all captions in Las Cruces to win finals, with New Mexico's Clovis High second, East Lake High School from Texas was third. In prelims, Texas Pecos High was the 1A medallion winner. Riverside from Texas wins 2A, Clovis 3A, and East Lake takes 4A. Well, I thought this week we would take a deep dive into what may be, for especially for first-time band students attending their first BOA regionals, their parents, other parts of our community who maybe this has been a mystery for, let's demystify judging in the marching band activity. And to do that, I have three of Bands of America's chief judges, including Nola Jones, John Phillips, and the chief judge team leader, Richard Saucedo. So Richard, you're the leader. Let's let's start with you. I've said it many, many times. I think I got it from Nola, in fact, that judges are the number one fans of this activity. Do you feel like when you're ranking and evaluating a unit on the field, do you have that feeling that I'm here to be the number one fan of this unit? The great thing, Dan, about our adjudicators for Bands of America is that many of them have been, most of them actually, have been music educators or teachers in the pageantry arts. So they know exactly what these um, educators and they know what the instructors, the directors, they know what the kids are going through. Um, so they really do have their back when they're talking to them. And um, it's like we just take a moment and try to be on their team for that 10-minute uh, segment and try to give them as much quality information as we can so that they can go right home and get better uh, with that information. We're much more concerned, and I know my colleagues John and Nola would agree, we're much more concerned with the feedback that we're able to pass on to the groups than we are uh, scoring, especially in the early part of the season. Uh, Nola, John, I'd like to get both of your thoughts on that too, the judge as fan. John? Yeah, I, it's just so exciting. You know, Dan, every every weekend you get to the stadium and um, – the parent energy you mentioned about the parents, you know, understanding a little bit about the judging, but their energy and enthusiasm is because, you know, they're vested in that particular group that they're here to cheer on. But I, I hear them often just, you know, commenting on other groups and, and the novelty that some group might bring to the field each weekend. So um, that's infectious. And as judges, you know, they're sitting in the press box and these parents are down there getting all jazzed up about what's going on in the field. Um, some amazing young performer goes out and plays their instrument or tosses a rifle super high and makes a catch. And then the rea reaction and the response, it's, it's pretty hard not to, to get hmm. wrapped up in all of that. So I think um, it's easy to be a fan when we're judging Bands of America events. Nola Jones? Well, the other thing that, that is exciting is that all of the parents, at the, what makes to me, when I was teaching, what made the Bands of America show so special is that all of the parents cheer for every band. So in a lot of the local contests, sometimes you go to, they cheer for their own students, mm -hmm. but there's this empathetic nature of, of cheering for every band. So, so the smallest band now has 5,000 people cheering for them. And again, like John said, it's contagious. It just filters through the stands and you've got all these volunteers who are running around helping everybody. And then there's people from the local, whoever's running the show. There's just like this, just buzz and everybody's there for one reason and it's to cheer on the kids. And so it's just, it, it's really indescribable when you sit down in the box to talk because nowhere do you get that atmosphere 
hmm. where everybody's on the same playing field in terms of audience support. Okay. Well, so John brought up the, the contagion of that kind of enthusiasm from parents. Does that contagion affect the number that you write down? know that it actually affects a number I mean engagement is on the sheet so we we consider that but but it, it it's more the atmosphere of that we're that you just there's nothing more important than recognizing everything wonderful that the students do and you're you're in this mode of cheering everybody on so you just dig really really deep to find every tent that you can give every band that's on the field, mm. you just feel so compelled because everybody else is so invested in them. You can't not be. So whether the audience is screaming really loud doesn't really affect the number, but what it does do is compel you to reach deeper down into that bag to find more to credit. And I, I know that it affects the performance itself because it does, the crowd does energize the performers, John, right? Yeah. And, and that, that enthusiasm, it comes through in the adjudicator's commentary. Um, yeah. they're, they're, you know, they're cheerleading for the group, obviously, through uh, finding the positive attributes. But they're also trying to do, as Richard suggested, they've been educators. They're trying to find a way to help guide the students to be even more successful. So um, commentary is one of the ways that judges show their positive reaction to the show. Um, and then, of course, they have to analyze all of the elements that are going on there and then arrive at a placement. And so that's that's kind of the technical side. That's the difficult side sometimes to, to just find out, especially at these regionals we have with Bands of America, there's a lot of bands and, yeah. and trying, in the prelims, you know, <laughs> finding that uh, place that's correct because the judges take it very seriously. Dan, they don't want to yeah. put somebody above or below, you know, without it being really weighed. And Richard will talk about this, I'm sure, later. It's a systematic thing. I'm not, I, when I'm judging, I'm only one of a panel of judges. So my my involvement is kind of at a micro level, but it's the system that really determines where the bands end up overall. I think what the audience does is for judges sometimes is what they do for the kids. Uh, we'll get goosebumps at times. Just um, seeing the reaction from the fans, from the parents, and like Nola said, not just for their own band, uh, but for all the bands, and it's it, uh, you know, John used the word infectious. It really is. Uh, you can't help but get caught up and want to do even a better job when you feel that kind of energy mm. coming from all over the field. So um, it's it's very very exciting. Uh, what what John just talked about, I think, is also very important. And he was talking about the system that we use. Uh, he talked about just each judge being a small part of the system. And what I think some people don't understand, and it was something that I was actually, you know, making sure that I reminded our judges this weekend in Austin when we were judging that regional, is that the system really does work if everyone stays in their caption. And I think a lot of times parents will think, well, shouldn't we see consistent scores all the way across? You know, as, as we're looking at the recap, shouldn't everyone have a, a 13 or a 14 or, you know, whatever? And it really doesn't work that way. Um, you want to make sure that each caption is recognized for their strengths and that we see the number that's appropriate for that caption. And it may not be the same as other mm -hmm. caption. The best way to describe that probably is just, you know, visual captions may get a different score than what a music caption would get. The field score uh, when they're listening and watching individuals may may get a different score than up top when we're looking at the total ensemble or we're looking at the GE, the general effect kind of thing. So 
Um, what's really cool is that everyone can stay in there. We call it staying in their lane, <laughs> you know, uh, making sure that you're in your caption and then letting the system work. And um, I, I would say that 99% of the time, if everybody does that, uh, the system works really well. And we end up with the correct placements, the correct rankings, ratings, but we're also getting great information out to those kids and directors. Okay, let's talk about the numbers in those systems. For those who don't know, how does uh, a perfect score would be 100? How does that 100 points break out? John, Nola, you guys want to go? Well, you're putting me on the spot here to remember all these sheets. <laughs> well, we, we actually, uh, we, have, we have two judges on the field, and um, all, the, all the judges have the same number of points. And then, then there's a mathematical assessment that mm -hmm. we have a, a, a device that uh, computes all of this stuff. Because it's way beyond, I was not good at math, and I don't think my colleagues were really great either. But uh, So we have a <laughs> right. way to, to kind of calculate it. We have a, a, an app that does all of that for us. So yeah, the two judges on the field, they're looking at the uh, performers up close and personal. They're listening to their music really uh, intently, as well as looking at their marching um, very close. So we have two judges there. They're the individual judges in, in visual and music. And then we have two of uh, music and uh, judges upstairs, uh, two different captions. We have uh, general effect music, as well as ensemble music, which is kind of like the accuracy and togetherness of, of the musical ensemble. Um, and the general effect music judges are looking at all of the different elements and the way that it's co coordinated with the visual design. And then we have a, a visual ensemble judge, who again, looks at the bigger picture of the marching. And then finally, a visual effect judge. There are seven Seven judges in total, Dan, and each of them has the same number of points. On a recap, it looks like they have uh, 10 points each, if you will, or 100 points, but they actually have two sub-captions on their sheet. So it's, that's why I say there's math that comes into play here, probably yeah. beyond what the average listener is going to need to know. But it's, it's really, as Richard described, if you just do your job, stay in your lane, it's all going to come out right in the end. NOLA general effect, though, does play a an outsized role in the score yes yeah there are two music effect judges and that number's averaged and then there's one visual effect number but i think it's real smart how bands of america structured it so that each sub caption has a hundred points because any student that gets graded typically on a hundred point scale so back in the old days some of this some of the um Subcaptions might have 75 points or five points. Well, quick, tell me 87% of a 75. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and it's, so it's easier for judges, for parents, for students, and for administrators to understand that percentile working off of 100%. And so we went that way to, to make it more standard across the board. And that's one of the things that I think that Bands of America does really well that not, not every group does. The other thing that we don't do is we don't separate percussion scores and color guard scores separately. Those enter into the effect scores, whether it's music effect or visual effect, because we, and, and we, don't, we don't do drum majors separately because we, we want to promote the philosophy that it's a total band program, that every student contributes equally, and that nothing that we do is meant to promote any sort of divisiveness. It's meant to promote unity and the fact that just the definition of band, a group of people working for a common cause. Well, speaking of definitions, I think the definition of musical and visual are pretty easy to understand. But Richard, the concept of general effect might be a mystery to some people. What is general effect in the Bands of America judging community? Well, I'll tell you what, Dan, that is the, uh, 
the power question hmm. <laughs> because everyone has their opinion on what effect is. But like John mentioned, you know, you're really looking at the totality of the program in terms of what was written for the students to perform and then also how they end up communicating what was written for them. So that's probably the quickest way to describe it. Um, and effect sometimes comes down to, to, we were talking about goosebumps earlier. You know, when you get goosebumps for a moment, whether it's during a soft passage or during a loud passage, or if you see the guard doing something that's really special and you get goosebumps, that's an effect. And so um, even, even the, the most inexperienced audience member still experiences that. And we are fortunate to be able to experience that as judges too. But what we do as judges is we look at the number of occasions that we feel that uh, through time, all right? And the groups that are the most effective, I guess, is what you would say, are the groups that give us not necessarily those goosebumps, but the variety of emotions throughout their program because of the combined, what we call the what, which is what everyone is doing, what they've been given to reform, and the how, how they perform it. So we look at those two areas, we kind of combine them, and that's how we come up with what we call an achievement uh, score. Uh, we look at what they're doing, how they're doing it, and um, how it's affecting. Uh, we look at how the program itself is affecting the audience and affecting us as judges, but we also look at how the students are communicating what they've been given to perform. And so you look at all those combination of things, and that's how we come up with um, a general effect kind of uh, analysis, if you will. John, each one of these judges, you I think it was you said, you know, that the size of the number of units competing in just a regular Saturday only regional is usually 25 to 30 bands, maybe a few more. Uh, you get to a super regional, it's going to be 60, maybe 80 bands that you're trying to rank and rate in, you know, in those two days in prelims. Parents might hear the words numbers management. And, and there's a whole lot contained in those two words. How on earth do judges take all those performances over two days and find just the right slot to put that unit in, give them that number right there? You have tools that help you to keep track of these things, Dan. We have something that um, the judges, as they go through the day, they'll put down their scores and they keep track of it. Um, and as they compare, the good thing is our system now allows us to compare the very first band to the very last band that goes mm. on. So, for instance, a judge could uh, find that, oh, yeah, I, I gave the first group, I gave them such and such a score. Then some other groups come out later and they might they have the latitude to go back and actually adjust that score so that those those kids in that group are are not disenfranchised because they were the first ones on. So I, I want to demyth that that okay. idea because that's that's one of the tools that, that judges have. The other thing is um, we have really smart people and and they've figured out the technology. Uh, the latest um, tool that a lot of people do they bring their iPad, they take a picture of the band on the field and they put notes in beside it so that they know. Um, when they go back to recall and they're comparing those earlier groups, they've got the picture of them. They can see, oh, yeah, there's the big, uh, you know, boat out there on the field or here comes the airplane. You know, they'll <laughs> use props as a kind of a trigger to help them remember what the, that group 
was like. And we also have show notes. We know what the music, Bands America lets us know each week, uh, what the group's program notes are. So all of these tools are part and parcel of the judge's uh, ability to recall and make an effective comparison throughout the day. Um, it's not easy though, when you, you say it, get to those super regionals, especially mm -hmm. when there's so many groups. Um, there, there, and the last thing, I'll just be real quick. There's a standard that we have in our head as music judges, the visual judges in terms of how the groups will perform. And, and we have really experienced judges who have seen the best of the best. They've seen those formative groups as well and know how to talk to them, know how to encourage them, know what kind of information they need to give to them and know where those kinds of scores will fall. So it's a, a pretty highly complicated uh, system, but when somebody's sitting there judging on a weekend, Dan, they are involved the whole day, right? From usually, I mean, where I don't know what time you started, Richard, we were there at 7.15 this weekend, and, you know, we didn't get out of there till 11 o'clock at night. It's a long day for the judges. Nola, any, any thoughts from you on, on numbers management and how it's become easier, maybe? Sure. Well, with, with the, you know, back when I started judging, we used an abacus, and we sent the score up with carrier pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have so many technology tools that we didn't have before. And as, as John mentioned, it helps us, it, it triggers if we have ties and that kind of thing that keeps us out of trouble just in terms of management. We have a, a, a big sheet where we keep a tally so we can look and see where they go. It's because the idea is that you're going to rank and then you're going to rate, you know, impression analysis and then comparison. You kind of keep benchmark bands in your mind and go, okay, well, is this one better than that one? Because they were right on the cusp of the next box or they may be a little bit under that one tonight. Um, Bands of America, the other thing I think it's really important to note is that we are heavily, heavily philosophically weighted on the achievement of the students. The design is important, and we don't disregard the design components, but at the end of the day, it's about whether or not the, the students can elevate the, the content that they've been given. Um, experienced judges, we have the most experienced judges in the business, so they know how to pace themselves. Early on, when I judged that San Antonio original, I was so fired up and just couldn't wait and got there. And by three o'clock that afternoon, I was begging for like a triple latte <laughs> caffeinated, you know, and so we, we learn how to pace ourselves. We learn how to manage the day. It's like a marathon runner doesn't run their fastest three minutes right out of the gate. I, so... Yeah, there's there's some tools that you learn and some things that you gain with experience. And then to John's reference, that our 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 guys and gals have seen the best of the best, and and so they know what the paradigm is. They know what a seventeen five is. They know what an eighteen six is because they've seen it. Well, the the new complicating factor, Richard, is the fact that we get to super regional weekends now, and there's no break. We have so many bands now in super regionals that it requires two of everything, including two panels of judges. How do the workings of those two panels of judges fit together on a super regional weekend? How does that work? Well, it's, it's interesting, but I also think it's, it's great for the groups and for the judges because, uh, Dan, I'm sure you can understand that when um, what we're asking our judges to do, as my colleagues mentioned, you know, it's, it's pretty cerebral. <laughs> You know, they're having to work their tails off for a long period of time, and that eventually leads to uh, some mental fatigue, uh, physical fatigue, 
And so the nice thing about us having two panels that we can switch back and forth is to give those judges um, a moment of rest so that they can kind of regather themselves uh, and be back and making sure our goal is to make sure that every band gets our very best from our judges. And you can imagine, um, even if we're not talking about judging, if you did anything for six straight hours, you're going to be completely exhausted. But if you're doing it for an hour and a half, and then you get a break or two hours, and then you get a break, obviously, you're going to be a little bit more fresh, you're going to be able to do um, a better job of commentary and a better job of numbers management when you're more fresh. And that's the tough thing, Dan, about these super regionals and especially grand nationals when there's so many groups, because we do not want to cheat any group. And um, I'll go ahead and mention at this point, and I'm sure my colleagues were going to down the road eventually too, the reason that we're here doing this the way that we're doing it is because of our mentor, Gary Markham. And um, you can see that there are three of us chief judges where there used to be one. Mm. And uh, so that, that says a lot about what Gary did for our activity, but uh, we're still trying to keep up with Gary, <laughs> you know, with, with all of this. And uh, the nice thing about the dual panels is that you get that break, you get to come back, you're fresh. Um, you, can, um, you can keep track of what's going on numerically, even if you weren't judging uh, for a period of time. So everyone's still on the same page. Uh, the two judges that take each other's places will uh, talk for just a little bit before they make the changes. So everyone stays on the same page. Mm. And I can understand how some people would say, well, you know, uh, Richard, if you're, if you're doing two different panels, how can you be consistent? Here's how we can be consistent. Because if you look at the back of our sheets and you look at the wording on our sheets, uh, as John and Nola mentioned, we have the most experienced judges in the business. Right, so they know how to read those sheets. They know how to look, listen to a group, and then apply it based on the sheet. So it wouldn't matter if it was 7 a.m. in the morning or 7 p.m. at night. They're gonna look at that sheet the same way and they're gonna apply the paradigm the same way. And that's what's really nice about the Bands of America system. It's if you have uh, experienced judges the way we do, and we have a great system the way we do with the sheets and the numbers, the way they're set up, uh, we can do a good job for every single band. And that's something that uh, we constantly tell our judges, Dan, is how proud we are of them because they, they work their tails off, you know, doing this, but we are fortunate that Gary set us up for success, mm. you know, and we're, we're just trying, like I said, we're just trying to keep up with him. Do you find it easier or harder to judge early on in the year? Nola, let's start with you. I wouldn't say that it's easier or harder, Dan. Honestly, I just think it might be a little bit different. Like if mm. you said, is it easier to rehearse a band earlier in the year when there's more things you can identify that need attention? Or is it harder to rehearse when they're really great and you're and you're shaving hairs? It's, it's not really easier or hard, more just difficult. It's just a little different. And uh, the, the, I, I listened to some judges do these clinics. We were in the New Mexico Regional this weekend, and they were they offered – the same great information to the emerging bands who had never been to a regional before as they did the ones who had been to 10 regionals. And so it's, 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 it's really not, it's really not, I don't find it harder. I got, my colleagues may disagree. I just find it that the, it, there's just a little bit tra different trajectory and bands are different. They're in different stages of development. Some bands come out with all their show on, but they don't have the layers and maybe the depth yet. And then some, uh, and maybe they're struggling with the performance. Other bands will come on with the less complete show, but they've had it, 
it's jailed for a little bit longer. And so they might achieve at a little higher level, you know, so you just meet them where they live, just like you do in your classroom. Find achievement where it is. Mm -hmm. You bet. Don't judge what's not there. Hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and, and typically this time of year, whether the show is complete or uh, in its you know early formative stages, it's part of the creative process for some of these bands. They don't want to have it all complete because they keep revisiting and revising and refining the, the concept, especially you know those that engage with a lot of uh, additional material beyond just the music side. They've got different props and set pieces and all of that it takes takes those parents sometimes a couple extra weeks to build those things, you know, <laughs> so um, they don't want to throw it all out there. Um, but two things that uh, I just underscore what Nola said is that, you know, in, in the formative stages, whether uh, it's a top performing band or one that that's emerging and just getting their legs. I, I actually just talked to a band director today. He's, he's, he's his, his second week of teaching at this school, you know, and then he had a marching band out on the field this last weekend. So, wow. uh, you know, there's things to give by way of feedback. So the judges, Actually, I think embrace those opportunities, and you can you can tell when we talk about achievement. You can tell if the the group has the foundation, if they've got the technical skills, whether it's in marching or music, uh, whether they've got three minutes or seven minutes. You know, you you've got something to talk about. It's the design thing that's a little more challenging when they say, "Oh yeah, did you notice the levitation?" In an issue, levitation, and yeah, they, they all raise their arm up, you know, like, well, okay, how am I supposed to conjure that up with my imagination? But, you know, like, uh, and what is great that Bands of America does, and Nola uh, glossed over that, but it's so important. On the Sunday following regional events this time of year, directors have the opportunity to sign up to go to a, we call it a clinic. And it's a, an hour-long session, half an hour with the music judges, half an hour with the visual judges. And they bring the recording that they got of their band the night before, and they go through the program ideas. I was at one here in Ohio this past weekend, and one director, you know, if I can quote him correctly, said, you know, we have two seasons in marching band, before the clinic and after the clinic. Mm. And... And what they got out of this weekend is going to shape their direction towards the Grand Nationals. So for those bands that do that kind of a approach, I think the clinics are really valuable. Yeah, those clinics are unique, aren't they, Richard? What I love about it is it's a great way, Dan, for us to bring the judges and the directors and staffs together and to watch those clinics happen and to watch everyone working together at that table watching the video talking about the things that can get better, the things that are already great, et cetera. But that discussion between staff members, directors, and judges, I just think is priceless, you know? And I, I cannot encourage directors more to take advantage of that. And, you know, we all have things to do on Sunday. We got to get our bands home, especially if you've traveled a long way. But it is just so fun to sit and watch these groups talk to each other, the directors and the staff members, and watch them learn from each other. And to be honest, as judges, we learn listening to those staff members, too, and listening to those directors. You know, I had a, a director say uh, to me the other day in Austin, said, you know, Richard, I, I, I wish you guys would talk a little bit more about what we're doing instead of these mistakes that we make occasionally. And I'm like, I get it. I totally get it. You know, but the thing is, if, if they weren't saying those kind of things to us, we, we wouldn't know that that's what they're thinking. And so that communication is so important. And that's another thing that really happens during those clinics. 
let's let's end this. You you brought up Gary Markham. Let's let's end this with something he was fond of saying, and that's about when it's the right time to bring your band to a BOA regional. Um, a lot of band directors, maybe even parents, think, "Well, is you know, I've just got a little band. Is it ready to go to this? We've never done anything like this before." What would Gary Markham have said about that? Um, Gary would have said, I think what all three of us would say now, uh, because we do try to be like Gary, <laughs> but I, I would say that uh, he would mention that there's never a bad time to bring your band to a Bands of America event. Um, Dan, we, we had some groups this last weekend that only had like 25 or 30 members on the field. You know, they had a tough time even getting the sound all the way up to the box, but they were there because they wanted to learn. And some of them were in the clinics and they were like, wow, I never thought about this. I never thought about that. And they were excited to go back and rehearse their groups. So I think there's never a time um, that you should be nervous about bringing uh, your group to a Bands of America event because we are here to help. It's not about the score at BOA. It's not about the competition. Uh, let's be honest, only one group can win, right? So there's got to be something in it for everybody else. And for us, it's the educational part for the staffs, for the directors, and for the students. So, um, and I experienced it when I was at Carmel. Uh, we took um, the Carmel Band to Bands of America before we were ready. And we got our butt handed to us, to be honest, you know, um, but man, did I think about that on the bus ride home and think, okay, I gotta do some work, you know? And if it hadn't been for those people and a couple of those, People I was actually judging with this weekend, Dan, they're still judging for us, <laughs> and I still thank them. And um, and they really, you know, just said, Richard, there, you've got a lot of things you got to work on. And I wouldn't be sitting here today having this conversation with you if it hadn't been for people like John, people like Nola, people like John Howell, people that, that um, always were honest. And they were positive about it, but they were always honest, saying you need to do those things. So... Bring your bands. Don't don't be afraid to do it. Don't worry about the competitive side of it. Uh, come and learn because that's what we're about at Bands of America. John, Nola, anything you want to add? Well, I'll just add the same thing that Richard said from personal experience. We took bands that were maybe on paper competitively not ready to be in that upper echelon. But what never failed was that the bands were received with great joy. They got the most applause and the most recognition that they did at any performance all year long. As instructors and teachers, we were told, here are the things you're doing really well. These are the things that you're, that you're doing great. Here are the things you want to work on. And here's how to do that. So we got, we got this in our, and our parents got to see a whole new world. Our kids were the best in their part of the country at that time. But boy, when they got to see the, the, the bands of America finalists, bands, it opened up a whole new world for them about what was really possible. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's something when you say, guess what? The Carmel kids that Richard Saucedo was teaching at the time, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. <laughs> and if you work that hard, you can achieve things that you didn't think were possible. And so it's, it, when they say positively life-changing, that's, mm. not, that's not blowing smoke. It's real And until you've, until you've felt that. And then the other thing I'll say is competitively, when we won the Atlanta Regional and we're walking down through the tunnel and the second-place band is lined up on both sides of the tunnel cheering our kids all the way out, it, it, I, I still get a lump in my throat thinking about the support that the bands give each other 
that they don't often get at home when they're, you know, in their own environments. It's, mm. it's just a different place. John, the last words to you. Yeah. You know, a picture paints a thousand words. And as the students sit there and watch those other groups that may have finished ahead of them or are in finals and they didn't get into finals, you know, for the director, that's a, that's a teachable moment. And you say, okay, what is it they're doing that we aren't quite getting to yet? How can we get to that level? And hopefully the kids will go, oh, yeah, well, we've got to work harder. We've got to practice harder. We, you know, we've got to stand taller, whatever it is, how simple it has to be. Uh, I think that's really important. And Noel, you mentioned that. There, there's examples of excellence out there and at the Bands of America events that groups that are developing can aspire to. And oh, we've seen it. Everyone on this call today has witnessed a group one year and then the next year or two, three years later, you go, wow, did they ever grow? How did they do that? And some of it was being at Bands of America. The last thing I'd say is that, you know, we, we talk a lot about the judges and the importance. Their commentary is so critical to the director. And probably as a director, the most supportive thing that can happen is when one of those judges says something that underscores or reinforces what you've been doing in the classroom and on the rehearsal field and teaching. Because again, picture painting a thousand words, that all the director has to do is raise that eyebrow, look at the kids and go, see, I told you, <laughs> you know, and uh, I think then the, again, another teachable moment. And that's one of the great things about this organization. It's all about education. It's all about music for all students. And it's so important. Bands of America Chief Judges, John Phillips, Nola Jones, and Richard Saucedo, who will all be out there again this weekend coordinating the judging at another four big BOA regional championships. Three are in Texas, in Shenandoah, north of Houston, down in the Rio Grande Valley at McAllen, and I'll be your announcer at the Midland, Texas regional out West Texas. Meanwhile, in the upper Midwest, our fourth regional this weekend is in Des Moines, Iowa. Now remember, if you can't be there, you don't have to miss out. Stream BOA Regional, Super Regional, and Grand National Championships at Box5TV.com. I'm Dan Potter. Until next time, go for it. Break ranks. <laughs>